is Dr. Steve Vargo, and welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. And this one is is all me. It's just going to be me. I, I'm usually interviewing somebody else, but it's uh, just me, myself, and I this time. I, I want to talk about something in this episode that I don't think gets enough attention, and that topic would be burnout, and in particular, burnout among healthcare professionals. I want to share a few stats with you that I, I heard these a while back, and I just found this to be staggering. 50% of U.S. physicians are currently suffering from burnout. 40% of physicians claim to have varying levels of depression, and the suicide rate for doctors is twice that of the general population. The suicide rate of doctors is, is the highest of any profession, and sadly, most suffer in silence. So as doctors, we talk about health and wellness a lot with our patients, but apparently we're not taking our own advice. It's been interesting working as a consultant and getting to know people better and, and better understand what they're uh, maybe under the surface, what's going on in terms of what they're looking for regarding help with their practice. Every, nobody reaches out initially with um, some kind of emotional concern. It's, it's usually more business-oriented. People are wanting to know, how do I hire an office manager or how do I get my cost of goods under control? How do I increase revenues? But what I've found is the more you get to know somebody, the more the relationship develops, the more trust develops. They start to open up a little bit about more personal reasons that have motivated them to reach out for help. And a lot of times I'm hearing stories of, I, I don't get to spend enough time with my kids. I don't have enough personal time. I haven't been on a vacation in a long time. There's There's been stress at home. Uh, anxiety. I, I've had more than one person break down and cry on the phone, both both male and female. And you get to see the personal side of the the difficulties and challenges of of owning a business. If there's any Seinfeld fans out there, there was an episode that that comes to mind where Jerry and Elaine were talking, and Elaine was talking about how she was having some challenges at work and kind of burned out and and not really fulfilled with what she was doing. And Jerry said, "Well, what did you want to be doing when you?" Um, took this position and and she said, I don't know, but it wasn't this. And maybe that's how some of you feel right now. Um, if you could go back to the version of you as a student when you were in school, what did you want to be? How did you foresee your future as an optometrist? And you might be thinking right now, I don't know, but it wasn't this. So let me give you a few more stats on physician burnout and and see if you fit into any of these categories. 35% of doctors today, healthcare professionals, say they are easily exasperated with patients. 26%, almost one in four, actually more than one in four, uh, let me get my math straight there, uh, claim that they are less careful about taking patient notes when they feel burned out. And 47%, nearly half of, of healthcare professionals, claim to be more irritable with staff and peers when they're feeling a sense of, of stress and burnout. So how do you fit within those categories? Is that any anything you ever find yourself experiencing? And you may have been the doctor in that scenario. You also may have been the patient in that scenario, experiencing that from the other side as well. There's a hallmark sign of physician burnout. And I'm going to talk about a few of these. And one of those is what they call depersonalization. And depersonalization in healthcare is when healthcare starts to become less relational and more transactional. 
it's less about the person and it, it's more about the transaction. And I think we can safely say that healthcare has definitely moved in this direction, probably for the worse. It definitely impacts the outcomes with the patients. It, it can impact the outcomes that we have with the, the financial success and the business success of your practice as well. And what it leads to is a feeling of detachment with the patient. And it's one of three, we're going to talk about these three, but it's one of three hallmarks of burnout. And I'll, I'll share a story about me that, that definitely embodied that. And, and it was uh, years ago, I drove to, I had about an hour drive to work, the place I was working at at the time. And I had been feeling a sense of burnout for, for a while in practice. And I remember one particular day I drove up in the parking lot and as I'm driving up, you could see inside the, um, the practice, we had a big window right outside the waiting area. And as I pulled up, I could see all the people. It was a very busy practice and I could see all the, the people and there were kids running around and everybody's filling out the forms, getting set for the day, getting ready to be seen. And I, I parked in a spot and I just looked into that window and I remember thinking, I don't want to go in there. And for a moment, I remember I just had like these images of just driving off. It wasn't realistic, but it, it crossed my mind for, for a moment. But I did realize in that moment that something had to change, that, that something had to change for me to be happier, but also more effective as, as a doctor, because I was definitely experiencing some of these symptoms and, and some of these outcomes that, that I mentioned um, just a little bit ago. So maybe you've had a similar experience. Maybe you've had days where you got to work and thought to yourself, I really just don't want to be here. And maybe we can talk about some things today that, that can help you, maybe put you on a new path uh, to restore some of the joy into the profession that you chose. So let me ask you a question. How do you deal with stress? So I think when we, when we pose that question, we start thinking of things that uh, things like exercise and getting better sleep and, and meditation and yoga and, and all those things, getting outside, getting into nature. And those are all great. And we probably should be doing that. I think we all know that, especially as healthcare professionals, uh, whether or not we're actually doing that, I think we at least know we should be doing that. And it's a great way to deal with some of the stress, some of the burnout, all for it 100%. But here's the only problem with it. It, it falls into what they call escapism. Uh, getting away from patient care, which is is usually just a temporary fix. And and anyone who's ever gone on a vacation and felt great on the vacation, they got away, their stress levels went down, sat on the beach, had a few cocktails and felt great, and then got back to work. And within about 3.7 seconds, all that stress came flooding back in. You know what I mean. It it, it These things tend to be a temporary fix. So What's a more permanent fix? It's, it's not really, um, and the science supports this, the data supports this. For doctors, it's not so much getting away from patient care as it is changing how we practice. So that's what we're going to get into in this, um, in this episode. So we already talked about one of the hallmark signs of burnout in, in doctors is depersonalization. It's when the profession becomes more transactional. Patient care becomes more transactional, and, and we lose that sense of connection with the patient, which, which we all need. Once we lose that and we just start seeing, we stop seeing people as, as human beings and we start just seeing them as our, our, our 1030 appointment, that can definitely be the, a fast track to, to burnout. But another one is a lack of meaningful human connection. 
which as I hear myself say it now is, is very tied into depersonalization and, and the transactional component. When, once we um, start to experience that, then we start to experience a lack of meaningful human connection with our patients. But how could that be? We're, we're around people all day. How, how would we lack human connection? Yet we do. And with a lack of connection comes a lack of meaning and purpose in what we do. So I think burnout has increased because healthcare has become more transactional and less relational. Docs are exhausted with all the administrative burdens, bouncing from room to room to keep up with a high volume. We feel overworked. There's a loss of autonomy and independence in what we do. We, we sometimes feel like we have inadequate support to do what we do. And doctors are experiencing burnout. And in spite of being around patients and staff all day, doctors frequently report feeling very lonely. As the work becomes transactional, it really becomes hard to invest in the relationships with patients. And we start to depersonalize those relationships and become detached. And to the earlier point, an absence of meaningful connection in our work leads to burnout. This comes back or brings us back to the point made before that it Reducing burnout is, is not so much about getting away from patient care. It's changing how we provide patient care. And the third hallmark sign of professional burnout is emotional exhaustion, which is really just a byproduct of everything else that we're talking about. So I want to share a study with you that was done at the University of Colorado, which really kind of highlights the, you know, if, if we could switch from a transactional environment into more of a relational environment. I think this this exemplifies it pretty well. So they did a study at the University of Colorado, uh, their medical school. When patients came in, they gave them a card. And there was one question on the card, and it said, what has you most concerned about your reason for coming in today? And they would write something down on the card, and they would turn it in. And then the patient would go back and see the doctor. And the doctor would do their typical exam along with a, a case history. Um, and an example would be one particular patient came in and the doctor asked about his chief complaint. And the chief complaint was chest pain. And so that's what the doctor heard. That's what the doctor noted. And that's what the doctor treated. But when they went back and looked at that patient's card for what they wrote down, as far as what has you most worried about your reason for coming in today, the answer was, my daughter's getting married later this year. I'm afraid I'm not going to be there to walk her down the aisle. Now, the ability to, to connect and understand patients can only really happen at a more relational level. When we fall into that, we, when healthcare becomes very transactional, we miss out on that. And here's the interesting thing, how it benefits both your clinical outcomes and financial outcomes as well. When patients feel heard and understood... When there is a connection and patients feel heard and understood by their doctor, there's data showing that they're 60% more likely to adhere to your treatment recommendations. Now think about that for a moment on, on how much of an impact that could have in terms of your ability to, to improve clinical outcomes and financial outcomes for your practice. Here's some real interesting numbers here. When patients felt a sense of connection with their doctor, and I'm, I'm going to pull diabetes in here because that's something that obviously we deal with a lot. Um, when patients felt a sense of connection with their doctor and their doctor heard and understood and listened to what was going on with them and, and fully understood them, there was an 80% improvement in blood sugar level control. 
And not only that, but a 40% reduction in serious diabetic complications. That's fascinating. That's just fascinating. And that has nothing to do with better treatments or better technology. It's just the doctor's ability to listen and, and make, that connect, um, make that connection with the patient. So let me stop and ask here, can this be reversed, um, our, our sense of burnout in the, in the exam? Yes, it absolutely can. But, but it's probably going to require changing some things. You can still go on the vacation, and I would encourage you to still exercise and work out and do yoga and all those things, but what could we change in the exam room? What could we change within the constraints of our, uh, our, our daily activities and responsibilities that could lead to a reduction in burnout? Well, I'm going to mention three things here that I, I hope can start to put you on a path toward restoring the joy that you have in the, the profession that you chose. And, and one of them would just be how you manage your time is getting your time back. And a lot of that just involves more delegation. I, I talk with a lot of doctors who'd probably take on more responsibilities um, with the sense of I'm the only one who can do it right, or I can't really trust the people on my team. That's the fast track to burnout because you're always going to be overwhelmed with a lot of tasks that you probably shouldn't be doing, that you're probably overqualified to be doing. So a lot of it is just really looking at what do I need to, I like to look at it from, from three pillars. One is what do I need to delegate? What, what could I take off my plate? Um, what could I eliminate? What could I just stop doing altogether that nobody's going to miss? The low value tasks that we've been doing that nobody's really going, going to miss. And then what could I outsource? to somebody else, whether it's a third party. Um, this is one of the areas that IDOC has been working on in, in terms of providing services. It's the whole reason we are now providing services because we want to take some of those things off the plate of the doctor so they can focus on not only the things that will drive success in the practice financially, but also help them restore some of that joy in, in practicing and not feel so overwhelmed. So. Something I would encourage you to do, and I, I did this once, um, I did this in my personal life actually, but you could certainly do it in your professional life, is I would do uh, a 60-day time audit. And here's how this goes. For the next 60 days or so, you don't, um, don't change anything about the way you're doing anything for 60 days. And, and what you can do is just when you find yourself doing something that you really enjoy, you find yourself in flow, enjoying yourself, um, write down what you're doing. And, and you're probably going to find that there's things in practice that you just find yourself not being stressed out, enjoy doing. What, what if you could do more of those things? And then also write down the times that you feel most stressed, most burned out, most overwhelmed. What are you doing in those moments? What is going on? And write those things down as well. And then don't change anything about the way you do, uh, you operate throughout your day. But after the 60 days go by, go back and look it over and see where was I um, having the most enjoyment with, uh, with my career. If you want to do it in your personal life too, you can, you can do that too. And what were the times when I felt the greatest amount of strength? And the question becomes, can I structure my day? Can I structure my work life, maybe my personal life? So I'm doing more of the things that, that I enjoy. So I think that's a good starting point, at least for starting to change how, how your day is structured is determining what, what you want to be doing and what you could either delegate, eliminate, or outsource. So the second thing would be improving the relationships you have with your patients. And I can almost hear some of the pushback on this from doctors in very busy practices saying, well, I'd love to spend all that additional time getting to know patients, but 
we're in a very busy practice and I, I just don't have that kind of time. So for us, it is, we are kind of bouncing from room to room out of necessity. But here's the interesting thing is you don't actually have to spend a lot of extra time with each patient. Research shows that an extra 60 seconds with a patient, getting to know them, showing compassion, spending more time asking questions, just understanding what they're going through, connecting more, not less, can have significant outcomes in terms of both the clinical outcome, but also your own mental health, your own burnout level starts to dissipate when you take that extra minute or so just making that connection with the patient. That's what the data shows. It's it's really interesting, especially for doctors in busy practice, practices. You don't have to spend a lot of additional time, but just taking a, a, a minute or two to, to better understand the patient. Here's the interesting thing too, from a time management standpoint, the better you understand the patient on the front end, the less time you have to stand, spend on the back end trying to convince them to do stuff. I, I think we spend way too much time trying to convince patients to do things or buy things when we haven't really taken the time to fully understand what their needs and concerns are. When you understand that on the front end, you can get that time back on the back end because you don't have to spend as much time uh, trying to convince them to do things. When you understand that diabetics pa- that diabetic patient's main reason, main concern for wanting to be seen, it changes the dynamic of the whole conversation. Now, now it goes from you need to take your medication for X, Y, and Z medical reasons to, you know how you were talking about being concerned about not being there for your daughter's wedding? I'm going to do everything I can as your physician to make sure that you're there standing right next to her, walking her down the aisle. So here's the treatment plan I'd like to discuss with you. If that were the conversation, is, is it really any surprise that some of those numbers hold up that I mentioned before, as far as a, a patients who feel compassion from their doctor, a sense of connection. There's an 80% improvement in blood sugar level control, 40% reduction in serious diabetic complications. Maybe it shouldn't be surprising. And the last one I would mention is improving your work relationships. There was a a quote uh, from an article in Harvard Business Review, and, and here's what it said. Without meaningful relationships in the workplace, the risk of burnout skyrockets. How are your relationships with the people you work with? These are the people you go to work with every day. It's, it's your work family. How are the relationships there? Um, are, are they adding to your stress level or are they reducing your stress level? And, wh- and what changes do you need to make to, um, to get that in balance? And that may need, mean changes that you need to make in making a more concerted effort as perhaps their, um, their leader, their manager in, in making sure that you're developing those those relationships and spending a little bit of time, not just as their boss, but but getting to know your um, the people on your team and, and working on on building those relationships. But maybe you've also got some people in your workforce <laughs> that you might not be the best fit. So are, are there some changes you need to make there that would be addition by subtraction? So the, the people that you work with, the people that you hire, it it can be um, can certainly add to your stress level. But if you get it right. Uh, it can also be a protective factor against burnout. And and I hear it in people's voices a, a majority of the time. When I'm hearing somebody that just sounds tired and exhausted, usually real soon after that, they're telling me about the struggles with the the people that they're working with. And when I 
hear people that are upbeat and energetic about going to work, there's, there's almost always a connection with the people that they get to work with, the people on their team, the people that they call their work family. And when you care about the people on your team, they're more likely to stay with you and give a better effort, which, which may also have the effect of lowering stress levels. So again, the three hallmark signs of burnout, and, and all these are reversible if we're willing to make some changes. Depersonalization, lack of personal accomplishment, and emotional exhaustion, all things that, that you can work on. Um, I, I want to sort of close out here with a um, story I had read about patients in, it was an emergency room. I can't remember where this was at, but one of the things that they were struggling with the in the emergency room was a lot of homeless people coming in for ailments that weren't very serious. And it was really um, taking a lot of time out of the other doctors, the patients who did come in who had serious problems. A lot of the time was being spent on uh, the homeless people that were coming in and wanting to be seen for various things. So um, they were trying to figure out a way to deal with this. And one of the things that was initially suggested was that the doctors, healthcare professionals, nurses stop spending much time with the homeless people. They they would see them, but um, you know, just get them in and get them out really quick. Don't give them any any special considerations or or you know, just just get them out really quick. Thinking that if there wasn't if it wasn't a real pleasant experience for the for the homeless people, maybe that they would stop showing up for every little minor ailment. And it, it didn't work. It didn't work. So there was a nurse actually in the hospital who had another idea and nobody really liked her idea at first. They didn't understand it, but her idea was let's spend more time with them. And everybody sort of fought that in the beginning, but decided to give it a try. And that's what they did. They spent just a little bit of time talking to the the patient, getting to know them a little bit. And that extra time led to a 33% reduction in visits from homeless people. And the the theory behind this was that the homeless got what they really wanted all along, which was just somebody to care. So there's a, a quote I'll share here from Ralph Waldo Emerson. It is one of the most beautiful compensations in this life that no one can sincerely try to help another without helping himself. So I want you to think about that patient where you, you really feel like you made a difference, right? You really feel like you made a difference and that, that patient let you know it. You know, the patient said, you, this really impacted. Thank you so much for what you did for me. For a moment, you just felt all that stress fade away. And you thought to yourself, this is why I got into this profession. Well, what if you could get more of that? In fact, if we go back to our student example before, if, if we go back to the version of ourselves as a student, and we could ask ourselves, why did you get into optometry? I'll bet your answer would be something along the lines of, I want to make a difference for others. And it, it's possible that that 20-something-year-old version of yourself had the answer to what ails us if we're just willing to listen. The current state of healthcare does not have to define you or the type of practice that you want. More connection, more accomplishment, less exhaustion are attainable. Thank you for listening. I wish you all the best. If you want any help with your practice, please reach out. You can find out more about IDOC at www.idoc.net. 
Thank you.